I guess I should have known putting the ringback tone on shuffle mode would have gotten me some Christmas tunes here at this time of year. I guess this one's all right. Let it snow, let it snow. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping. And I brought me some corn for... All right, let's check this voicemail out. The Newsmaker Line, 301-8080-301-8080. Let it snow. Brian at Stone On Air is currently unavailable. Please leave a message. Brian Stone On Air. I just want to say I might or I might not have listened to Hawk 98.7. But what I am going to do is I'm going to tell you this right here, right now. What I did listen to is that podcast you got there that I might or might not have shared. And I might did, and I might did, but you don't know. But I was on that wheel 50 times, and I'm going to tell you, some tickets are mine, and I'm coming after them. And I may, and I might come get them from you, and I might know where you stay, and I might not. But we might talk about that later. Goodbye. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. Like Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Brian. Yeah. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's weekly dose. And note to self, don't die. Welcome in, everybody, to the Stone On Air podcast. It is the weekly dose for December 13th, 2017. Just a couple of weeks left in this year. A year that I have actually been very fond of. 16 sucked. 17's been pretty good. I like the looks for 18 as well. At Stone On Air on all social media is how you can find me. Thank you for finding the podcast. Got a busy week as I have a lot of busy weeks here recently, so I was going to wait until the Alabama Senate, uh, U.S. Senate seat was filled to have that as an official news uh, into Wednesday as this drops every Wednesday. And I, I just don't have the patience or time for it. And this 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 scumbag Moore is going to win this seat. Uh, he, he's got plenty enough to dislike about him before all these allegations, something of which I'm going to talk about a little bit here in just a few minutes. But he's got a pretty sizable lead at, as I call this, press time uh, uh, late on a Tuesday night. He's got about a 10-point lead with about a third of the state reporting in. So things could change, but I think the more it reports, the more it's going to swing his way. And uh, so, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But it looks like Roy Moore will likely win that U.S. Senate seat, and then we'll see what happens from there. So, I decided not to wait until that was over. So, let's see what's going on over the next couple of weeks as we wind down the year. Uh, next week, the uh, I guess that'll be the 20th, that is going to be my first ever official Christmas show. And uh, what do I mean by that? Uh, I'm not really sure yet, to be honest with you. It'll be some Christmas music, some Christmas movie lines probably, some Christmas TV lines, just having fun, nothing serious, nothing over the top unless something just breaks out of nowhere that needs to be discussed. So that will be kind of a, a way to just quickly and have fun a little bit mailed in on Christmas a week. And then the week after that will be the final show of the year, on the 27th, and that is going to be the best of this year's show. 
featuring lots of different uh, interviews and probably less of me and more interview. I mean, if I have a segment I really like that still holds some value, I might grab it and throw it in there. I haven't put it all together yet, but Tim Kelly, Nick Lutzko, um, let's see who else have I had on the show this year. I'm totally blanking as I didn't write any of this down. Um, uh, Wayne White, uh, just to name three, and there's a few more than that. Uh, Jackie Helbert back, who got fired from WUTC, and a few others. So we'll do that on the 27th. I think that'll be uh, I think that'll be good. And it's not me just totally mailing it in. That's a lot more work to put that together than to just slap together a podcast like I'm doing right now. Trust me. Uh, speaking of the newsmaker line, which I spoke of on the intro there with C- Crazy Clint, I don't know if that was a threat or not. <laughs> I'm not sure what that was. Uh, but do, be like him and call the newsmaker line, 301-8080-301-8080-423-301-8080. Leave a message for any reason, and it might get played back on the show. So the opening topic of the show is going to be the difference between hearing and listening. Two different things. You can hear something or you can listen to something. And that'll be the opening topic, but I'll get I'll, I'll lay out the uh, the blueprint if you will for the rest of the show. The final segment will be why are we so polarized in America right now, you know, from a political standpoint. Lots of different reasons, lots of different thoughts, but it comes down to one thing mostly in particular, but really in the end, things aren't all that different than they used to be. If you've seen some of these CNN docs on the decades, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, I've watched almost all of them. Incredible, incredible production, incredible um, uh, direction and all that. Great, great, great uh, documentaries that, I mean, Tom Hanks is one of the executive producers, so how could it not be good? But that gave me a little bit of perspective based on this article from the Times Free Press from a couple weeks ago. Do that in the final segment. In Stone's Throw, I've mentioned it many times, when I was younger, I hung out with people who were older. As I've gotten older, I hang out with people who are younger. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's healthy. I don't know if that's, like, screwed me up over the years. I'm not sure. But I'm noticing how aging is affecting people and how certain demographics are handling it different than others. And um, I want to go down that road a little bit, and it has to do with some, some people I know that are younger who are getting a little bit almost in, like, depressed mode about getting older and they ain't even near my age yet. And I don't think getting older is really all that bad a thing. And I think as you get older, you realize that. We'll do that in Stone's Throw. And on the tail end of this opening segment, I'm going to, I am going to just uh, caution here and, and, uh, and a warning. I'm going to be a little flippant. And people who don't know me, which if you're listening to this, you know where I'm coming from, so you're probably cool with it. But people who didn't know me could listen to this and think, this asshole has no compassion to the Me Too movement and is just being as bad as any old sexist asshole guy. Like, what's wrong with this guy? Why is he making jokes about this? They're not really jokes, but kind of, I'm, I'm noticing that this, these allegations of sexual misconduct, I'm just, that's what I just blanketed as a sexual misconduct, harassment, uh, groping, uh, assault, whatever you want to throw in there. I'm just using the word misconduct, but I'm noticing this is now, this is, this is fashionable in the Twitter world and in the social media world. Guys, most most of you listening to this and most of the people walking around you're hanging around with, they're just, you know, diving into Facebook every day. Twitter is a nonstop, 100-mile-an-hour moving machine of interaction. Snapchat is just nonstop uh, silliness, but who knows what because you can't see it. All these different apps, these different ways to communicate. It is becoming fashionable to just say, that guy or gal did this to me. And, uh, you know, just throw it out there for, for like red meat to the wolves. And then almost looking back and like, look what I just did. I don't believe all these people. I don't believe everybody who's doing this. We're a nation of liars. This is getting out of hand. And what was once a really good movement, 
might end up being looked at as a farce if this continues. Get into that here shortly, a little less than 10 minutes from right now. But first, I want to start with a, a comment that was left on the Facebook page for Alt 98.7, my uh, little part-time uh, radio gig that I just absolutely love. It is so much fun, and I couldn't be happier to have this podcast mixed with that radio gig because the music is great, and the cross-promotion is wonderful. And you know, a year and a half ago, if you had told me this is where I was at, I thought I'd, I'd call you crazy. And so I'm thrilled with it and not mad here even a little bit because I love feedback. I love constructive criticism. I just love, 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 love it. Hate me. You love me. I'm not concerned with either one of those. I just want you to care. And you wouldn't leave a message or you wouldn't hate or you wouldn't love if you didn't care. And so this is a message left on our Facebook page. And I just wanted to address it on here because I think it's a very important uh, example of when people hear things and when people listen to things. And often you you hear, well, I'll get to that in a second. Hold on. So I'll just read the, uh, I'll read the post. It says, regarding Brian Stone, why must you give your mostly negative opinion after almost every song? Examples are, quote, not what I would normally listen to, but there you have it, MGMT. Quote, I saw them at Bonnaroo, listened for a minute and found something better to do regarding you too. Quote, that album went a different direction and they sucked, referring to Weezer and your entire movie rant. Your listeners mostly don't agree, I know I don't, or they wouldn't be listening to this station. I don't know what station you wanted to work for, but I hope you find out soon which one it is. So, it's not overly uh, uh, written in too nasty form, but and I, I, I hear the dude, but here's, here's the situation. You often hear usually intellectually void minds start sentence with, well, you know what I heard? Well, I heard this the other day. Man, get, check out what I heard. That's a problem. All you're doing is hearing things. All you're doing is hearing. You're not, you're not stopping to listen with attention to detail. You're just hearing things. And what this guy, and I didn't even write down his name. I just co- copy and pasted the post. It doesn't matter. I'm not mad at him. I'm, I'm happy that he left a message, but I, I just wanted to address it. What he's talking about is close to true. MGMT. I've never listened to this band before. I don't know a whole lot about them. Now, none of this stuff is, is verbatim. He, he, uh, he, he paraphrased all this. Not what I would normally listen to, but there you have it. No, what I said was in the neighborhood of, this isn't normally my thing, man, but sounds pretty good. I'm, I'm digging it. Something like that. Because you know why? Because I don't know much about this band. What am I supposed to say? Oh, man, MGMT, they're great. I love them. This is from the album so-and-so. I Wikipedia'd it real quick just to make sure I got the date right. Is that what I'm supposed to do? And I know that's what you're used to hearing is, is fake-ass people making things up. I know it's a little different to hear somebody who actually has some authenticity, but that's what I am, authentic. I don't know who they are. I don't know much about them. I'm a listener to this station as much as you are. Listen to it every day. Referring to the U2 thing, I saw them at Bonnaroo, listened for a minute, found something better to do. I don't know if that's how I worded it, but I have said many times on the air, I'm not really a big U2 guy. And I went to see them at Bonnaroo just to see what the fuss was about and said, okay, well, there it is, and left. Mainly because there's 80,000 people around in a band I don't care about that much. What am I supposed to do? Tell you I went and saw U2 at Bonnaroo and, oh my God, it was so great. Can you believe U2 played at Bonnaroo? Such an amazing night. Now, I know you're used to hearing that, likely from somebody who probably didn't even go to Bonnaroo. Again, false, fake, frauds everywhere. That doesn't mean I don't like U2 or I hate them or think they suck. I think their new song's actually really good. I've said that many times. Again, hearing, not listening, hearing things. And this is one where really made me, I had to address this regarding Weezer quote that album went a different direction and they sucked <laughs> a bit one of my I'd say top 15 bands of my entire life been listening to was in the fan club when I was 13 years old 14 years old and I 
and, and, and he got out of what I said that I thought Weezer sucked. All right. Hearing, not listening. What I thought was an interesting perspective was a dynamic between a band that I was listening to when I was 17 and a band that I'm still listening to when I'm 37. And when they put out an album, Pinkerton, after the Blue album, it was a different kind of album. It's, it's, it's different like, than any other album they've done their entire career. And I said, as a 17-year-old, man, that sucked. What's up with Weezer? Why do they suck all of a sudden? Again, another paraphrase. And so that was translated because somebody was just hearing something to Brian's on the radio saying that Weezer sucks. And then the movie Randy talked about, that's almost like a, just a little flippant thing. If he didn't like that, that's fine. That was just me you know, trying to be funny. Maybe it didn't work. I'm not that funny of a guy. So maybe that one fell flat. So I don't, I don't have anything, you know, I don't have anything to say about that. But seriously, it's stop sometimes and just listen closely to what you're hearing to fully understand the context of what it is, whether it's something you see on TV or something somebody's saying in a room or something you're listening to on a podcast or a radio broadcast. Just just listen very closely. Attention to detail is not just something you do like when you're working or you're, you know, you're doing tangible things. Some attention to detail is focusing and listening and paying attention and zeroing in on something before you have a really strong opinion on something. Oh, I heard the other day that uh, so-and-so blah, 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 and let me tell you what I think about that. Come on. Slow things down. And I'm not mad at all. Not mad for a second. I absolutely love this radio station, and I'm, I am I hope the the bosses might not like it. I actually walked away thinking, I, I, I bet I'm saying some things occasionally that the boss men don't like. And if they tell me to stop doing it, I'll either say oblige and absolutely stop doing it and change a, a little bit of the direction, or I'll just move along and do something else. It's all good. It's no big deal. None of this is important. This is a podcast. That's a radio show. Playing music and just talking. It's not that important. It's not that important. But I feel like that to a certain degree, I'm there to add some personality, to give you something you can't get anywhere else, something you might not hear anywhere else, and engage you and hopefully keep you from leaving. Give you a reason to stick around and stay listening longer. That's the goal. And I don't think just saying, oh, man, MGT, MGMT, I love that band. They are so good. All right, man, I love it. Anyway, check us out at the mall. We're going to be hanging out with Santa Claus. It'll be a lot of fun. This is all 98.7. Like, I, you know, that's just not what I do. That's not what I do. And I think I was hired because that is not what I do. All right, let's, let's switch gears here before we get to Stone's Throw. I'm concerned about the uh, what started as the Me Too movement and then it's now it's gotten into just this just rampant daily you know we all see it daily uh, allegations of, of sexual uh, misconduct and I I think it's a, it's a really good thing in the sense that I believe that that finally uh, powerful mostly white men but men period and not even necessarily powerful it's really men all across the board are finally realizing they can't do whatever the hell it is they feel like doing all the time. And if nothing else, even if they don't agree that this is awful, at least they they have to pretend. And that's like the first start. You know, during the civil rights, and we you know changed all the laws, and we got all that going. Old racist white men didn't stop being racist; they just had to stop being so blatantly racist, right? It takes generations. It's generational change. If a, if a guy thinks it's okay to you know grope a woman, he didn't now think it's not okay because he got caught. He just has to now not do it anymore, right? So it's generational. So I think this is a very uh, a good thing going forward. What I'm afraid is. I'm afraid that it's going to get so out of control with false allegations that it's going to backfire on itself. I mean, just when I thought everything was changing uh, culturally and socially in this country, all of a sudden we have the last year and a half now, and r racism is cool again in some areas of the country. So you, you never know when something's going to 
pivot in a cultural nature. And I'm worried that this might happen if if and when continued false allegations come out. And this is now it's happening, as I mentioned earlier, Twitter and all these other areas of, of social media. This is happening all over the place. And where I've noticed this the most and wanted to start go down this road was the voices. Melanie Martinez. Nobody knows who she is. She uh, was a, she's accused of assaulting. Uh, a, her former, not really even girlfriend, just a female. Her name is Timothy, Timothy Heller, but she is a female. And it's like rape and sexual stuff. I mean, it, it goes on and on. And it was just like, yeah, didn't really want to, I just want to let everybody know. See you later. And, you know, what the hell? So I started looking around and all their different Twitter feeds and then their their followers and other people. And I'm just seeing rampant conversation of this guy did this and that guy did this. This guy's a pedophile. That girl's a rapist. Uh, the guy who uh, was directing the Queen, the band biopic, he got fired recently. There is absolutely no substance anywhere in the news that says that this guy was fired for any sexual uh, misconduct. This girl, this Timothy girl, is multiple times on her Twitter, Twitter feed calling him a pedophile. And I can't find any any credible news source that says that 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 he is. So I'm just seeing this thrown around. It's happening in, in the... And the mid-level celebrities, I think it's happening on the on the not celebrities at all, maybe more localized people who are prominent in certain areas of the country that the average guy walking around or gal walking around wouldn't know. It's much more than just the superstars. It's becoming cool. It's becoming the thing to do, quote-unquote. And I'm kind of tired of it because I don't believe any of these people, or excuse me, I don't believe a lot of these people in certain circles, and I'm afraid they're going to tarnish the good work that has been done here. So there's two layers here. I don't believe a lot of them, and worst case is I'm afraid you're going to ruin what it, the progress that has been made. There's nothing more demoralizing than progress going backwards. Talk to a lot of us over the last year and a half. So here's what I proposed to fix this problem. I laid it out on paper. Here we go. And again, this is a little flippant, but it's absolutely true, and this is what we should do. Solving sexual misconduct claims and making sure we get the veracity of these claims under control. If you were a victim of sexual misconduct between the years of 1990 and 2003, this would be if I were able to make the rules right now. If you were a victim of sexual misconduct between the years of 1990 and 2003, you have till the end of the year to make that allegation. So what is that? Like, it's like three weeks, basically. A little less than three weeks. From 1990 to 2003, you get till the end of the year, three weeks. If you were a victim of sexual misconduct between the years of 2003 and 2010, you have until the end of January to make that allegation. That's about roughly 45 days, month and a half. Between 03 and 10, you get a month and a half to make that allegation. And if you were a victim of sexual misconduct between the years of 2010 and 2017, you have until the middle of February 2018. That's 60 days roughly from right now. From 2010 to 2017, if you were sexually abused, groped, harassed, whatever, you have until the middle of February, which is 60 days from now. So you could start this at any time. Three weeks if it was from 90 to 03, 45 days if it was from 03 to 10, and 60 days from 10 to 17. Now, okay, what happens after that? After that, any sexual misconduct allegations after these time frames, and you were put on a registry of liars. You are branded a sexual assault allegating liar. You will be required to be splashed on all websites, apps, etc. like an amber alert. Comes across your phone, it starts beeping. You're driving down the interstate, the, the, the 
highway signs that, that put up different messages will have your name on it saying you're a damn liar. You'll be branded a liar for the rest of your life, and the allegation will be null and void immediately. You want to stop? We want to stop this mess. We want to get this under control. That's how you do it. You've got a window. Get in there. We're serious about it. We'll take a look at everything. We'll treat you exactly like you should be treated until these expiration dates, and then you're done. And you can't do this anymore, male or female. After your expired date, tough, tough. You had the chance. So, I, because I truly believe that some people right now are sitting around with lawyers and, um, I don't know, confidants and family members, and they are sitting around strategically planning when they're going to, 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 to make these allegations as to spread them out enough to get as much front page as they can, much front page of the website and the app as they can. So Snapchat has it on there every day. I'm convinced of that. I believe that's true. And we say, here's the deal. You got this time frame. And after that, you're a liar. You're a damn liar, liar, pants on fire. So yeah, again, why am I doing this? Why am I being kind of a jerk about it? Because I'm on this. I am. I'm a champion at this. At first, I think it's great. But this movement was made with real progress. Generations of American women, young girls, are all going to grow up in a safer environment because of this. Or at least so far, I thought they were. But it won't be long for some of these lying attention whores get caught lying. And I don't mean whores as in just women. This is men and women. Women on women. Men on men. Men on women. It's, it's all genders. Then the South Parkification of America could take back over and be like, oh, well, yeah, they're just all lying bitches anyway, right? Don't let that happen. I'm just, I'm, I'm seriously concerned that the progress made is going to go backwards. And as I mentioned, there's nothing more demoralizing than major progress going backwards. As I look at the uh, latest on uh, Moore and Jones, it's actually pretty close now, only about a point and a half, with it looks like about half the state in. So we'll see. I don't know if the uh, if they'll they'll call a winner before I end this podcast or not. In Stone's Throw, don't be afraid of getting older, especially when you're not old at all. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. Wait, what? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? So I got the motivation to do this segment, um, I don't know, a couple weeks ago when uh, my friend that was a girl, not really my friend that's a girl anymore, even though she's still a girl and she's still a friend, but she's not really a friend that's a girl. Does that make any sense? Um was really upset with um, having a birthday and, and turning another age, a uh, year older. And I, I got to you know, thinking about the age that she is, which is in her late 20s. And I thought, why would you why would you be depressed about that when there's so many other things going on that could be you know potentially depressing you, I guess. And the reason I say that is, is I, I don't understand it because at my prime of my, or well, we'll come back to prime of life in a minute, but my favorite time of my life was between 26 and uh, 29. I, I absolutely loved it. I loved not being a kid anymore. I still acted like a kid. I still got to do the things I did when I was a kid. I just had more money and I was better at everything. I, you know, prime of your life, I've got some numbers on that I'll get to in a second, but I think, you know, 25 to, to, to 32, man, it doesn't get, doesn't get much better than right there. I mean, you're just now beginning to get into adulthood, so you're still allowed to screw up and you're still allowed to to, to, to be a little naive, but you also do have a little bit more responsibility. I think that's a, I, I thought that was a great thing. 
2008, I was 28 years old. That was my favorite year of my life. I mean, I had it going on. I looked good. I had I had the Eddie Vedder style cheekbones still. I was thin. Um, I had the prettiest girlfriend you've ever seen. I had great jobs. I had plenty of money. And uh, it was great. I loved being 28. Now, when I got to 30, you know, I get it. A, a rounded up number, you know, from, you know, maybe 30 and 40 and 50. I get all that. That makes that makes perfect sense. But turning 27, turning 28, those are good times for me. And I, it is truly your, your the prime of your life. And getting older when you're in your prime is is absolutely incredible. And I'll tell you some numbers here in a minute that, that go to prove that. But this is from EliteDaily.com. It's an anonymous uh, just blogger. It's, the time period between the ages of 18 and 35 is considered to be your evolutionary prime. This is a stage of your life that you should be taken very seriously if it is to be taken advantage of. Your prime only comes around once with no rehearsals involved. So you must let your natural drive for success run wild when it has a chance to, ac- to access literally every, every objective that it can conjure up. And it goes on and on and talking about what girls should do and, and guys should do. And this is written from you know, is it a, a blog perspective, so I, I won't go through all that. But then at the end, closing, this is not the time to think you're in a Disney movie, but the time to accumulate all those stories that will make you smile later on in life when you reminisce. Take it from someone that is older. Once you pass 35, it's just not as fun as it used to be. You have the ability to get wasted on a Monday night and still be able to wake up in time for work with a minor headache. Take full advantage. And that is absolutely true. I am the I am outside of that 35, 18 to 35 prime. I feel like I'm doing all right, but I'm starting to feel it coming down on me. I enjoy being older. I don't like some of the things that go along with your body falling apart. But other than that, I like more wisdom. I like being older. And I'm seeing people on Facebook and friends of mine. It's not just my the former friend that's a girl who's still a girl who's still my friend, but not my friend that's a girl. Um, so I'm not singling her out. I'm seeing this in a lot of, of friends of mine on Facebook. And a couple of them just recently turned 27. I'm not going to give anybody's names. but And it was just like, oh, my God, can you believe I'm 27? I'm like, God, what an incredible time. What an incredible time in your life. Why would you be upset or bummed about that? I'll give you 30. I still don't think you should. I'll give you 30 just because it's a round big number. I'll give you 40. I won't like turning 40, but 36, 37, 38, what the hell's the difference? 26, 27, 28, what's the difference? You are in the peak performance of your life. Don't waste it feeling sorry for yourself. Don't waste it acting like something bad is happening. This is the, this should be the time when you're thriving or at least setting the the stage for the next 10 years of your life and you have such a head start being being that age. So I looked at this at some of the um, the numbers, some science website at different ages and when you quote unquote peak. This one is hard to believe, but I guess I can understand it to a certain degree. Your brain processing power peaks at the age of 18. Now, I don't think any 18-year-old is taking advantage of this processing power, but according to wherever this science came from, that the processing power of your brain is at its peak at 18 years old. I don't know. You can argue with whoever put this together. The ability to remember unfamiliar names peaks at about 22. We've all been there. You just meet someone new, and their name went in one ear and out the other. Happens to me every damn time. It turns out that's least likely to happen when you're 22. And as a matter of fact, I do remember being younger in my early 20s and always trying to make sure I remembered everybody's name and in ever all the social circles. I think it's more important people then. Life satisfaction first peaks at the age of 23. 
meaning there's several times when a life satisfaction based on different parameters might hit. And this thing goes all the way to the 80s, which I'm not going to do. Your muscular strength peaks at age 25. Now, if you have a exercise regimen and you take care of your muscle or physique or your body at all, your strength peak at 25 can last for 10 to 15 years. It naturally peaks on its own at 25. It's up to you to make it last for the next 10 or 15 years. The peak age to settle down is the age of 26. I totally agree with that. At age 26, you'll have met enough people to have some solid options without waiting so long that they start pairing off without you. And that's kind of what I've done most of my life. Waited around so long, everybody got married. Now they're all getting divorced. Speaking of divorce, divorce rates are lowest for couples who marry between the ages of 28 and 32. Once again, the peak of your life between 28 and 32 when you're making the best and most informative decisions. Get married at 23, guess what? You're divorced every time damn near it. The average elite athlete in professional sports is 28 years old at their peak. And that's absolutely true. You look across the board. Look at the best players in all the leagues and professional sports leagues. At 28 years old, you have just enough of the the physicality and the body to be able to translate that with your talent to be an elite athlete. Now, by the time you're 33, your body won't necessarily let that talent continue. While a 23-year-old might not have as much talent, they just have more stamina. You know how that goes. So the 28 years old, if you're an athlete, is when you peak. Bone mass peaks at the age of 30. Your bones are their absolute strongest naturally around 30 years old. Same deal with working out and kicking, taking care of yourself. Calcium, vitamin D, da, 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 your bones will stay stronger for longer. But at 30 years old, your bones are at their strongest. Point of all this is, point of all this is, is at 27, 26, 28, 29, you are so far ahead of anybody who's 10 years younger than you and 10 to 15 years older than you. Because you are sitting in the perfect spot to be successful, to be creative, to be productive, to do whatever it is you want to do. And this isn't you can do whatever you want to if you put your mind to it. You know, I don't subscribe to that theory. But you're never going to be in a better position to try. So don't sit around feeling sorry for yourself. Don't sit around, you know, thinking that, oh, the world's ending. I'm getting old. I'm so old. Oh, God. Sucks being this old. Listen, I'm almost 38. I don't, I'm not meaning to be old guy harping on the young guy because I love I love the, the millennials and the young people and think they're doing amazing things in this world and I'm fascinated by them. You are not old, man. Take advantage of this incredible situation that you have. Touch of gray kind of suits you anyway. That's nothing. Guys, stop worrying about your hair color. Oh, hey, look, you got some gray hairs. Hey, as long as I got hair, bro, I don't care what color it is. Every silver lining has a touch of gray. This is the Stone On Air Podcast, the weekly dose for December 13th. And coming up next, why is this country so freaking polarized? Why do we hate each other? Why has it gotten to this when really things have been pretty much the same with just a few different variables over the course of the last 25 to 35 or 40 years? Why is it now that we hate each other so much? I'll get into that next. This is the Stone On Air Podcast, and I will be right back. Right back. He's cool. Stoneonair.com. 
welcome back into the podcast. It's kind of hard watching these election results in Alabama while doing the show at the same time. I'll try not to get too distracted. So riveting television. This is Foster the People. It's always been the band that I just ignored that was at Bonnaroo or the, the band that people were trying to tell me about. I was like, whatever, bro. Those are the kinds of story I might tell on Alt 98.7. And somebody might hear that and think, what's he doing talking shit about Foster the People on the radio? What a jerk. Listen, guys. Listen. Absolutely incredible band. sure if 28-year-old me would have liked this song or not. I guess it would have depended on how pretty the girl was who was trying to get me to listen to it. At Stone on Air on all social media is how you can get a hold of me. Hang around on all those and I'll likely follow you right back. I do enjoy Twitter. I like Instagram. I tolerate Snapchat and I loathe yet still participate in Facebook. It is really close in this uh, race with can't tell from this far on the other side of the room. It looks like well over 75% of the uh, vote is in in Alabama, and Moore is leading 49.3% over Jones at 41.2%. I don't know. It, it, they just flipped the screen on me. It is very, very, very close. Um, does it matter all that much? I don't know. I, I, I think the moral fabric, if you will, if anybody cares about that anymore, this country is pretty much ripped into shreds anyway, regardless uh, of who wins. And now, right now, 817 votes. Doug Jones is now up over Roy Moore. 817 votes up with 87% of the polls counted. Wow. You don't think your vote matters? Eh, my vote doesn't matter. Eh, there's no, it's, it's rigged. And my vote doesn't count. It's races like this that that absolutely prove that your vote does count. Eighty-seven percent of the vote in. Wow. I wish uh, I wish I could kind of just give a play by play by this, but I know by the time you listen to this, this is going to be long over with. So I'll move on to the uh, the original subject, and part of it has to do with a race like this. Part of the reason for even doing this this uh, this segment right now is because of a race like this, because of how polarizing this is. Can you believe that the state of Alabama is this close to potentially electing a Democrat to do anything in the day and age we're in right now? That's how much they're coming out to vote, and that's how much people are uh, are, are really polarized on this one in particular because of all the stuff we already know. I'm not going to get into that. But I've been watching here recently these uh, all these CNN docs on all the decades, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and I, I don't know how new the 90s are. I don't know if it's, maybe it's, it's just now getting released. I'm not sure. But I caught a couple of them over the weekend, and I saw all the 60s because outside of the 90s, I think the 60s is one of the most fascinating uh, decades in modern uh, American history, if not in entire American history. And that was really good. I didn't catch all or much of the 70s. I know I didn't get all. Some of the 80s I saw, and then I've seen probably half of the 90s. Watching all these, it makes you realize crazy people have always been around. People have been killing people for no reason for really 
ever since I've been born in 1980. And it really kind of is the the, the boom of the the Gen Xers and the that middle ground between millennials and and young Gen Xers. Ever since 1980, it's almost like 1980 was this point of just major shift in in world um, relations where I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say exactly. I guess where um, uh, Muslim uh, countries were starting to get bigger and, and louder and and it's uh, r- radical Islamic jihad started to kind of become a thing. Like, I don't think that was really a thing before 1980. I mean, it was, but it wasn't anything anybody cared about. It wasn't powerful. And I, I think that's pretty much when that happened was in 1980. So to act like we just now have extremists and we just now have crazy people and we just now have drug problems and we just now have shootings is um, is foolish because... If you just look at some history, it's been happening a lot. Now, does it happen more? The numbers prove that it absolutely does happen more. But so the, the question is, why have we gotten so much more polarized and so much more venomous about how mad we are or how passionate maybe would be another word to use in present times when things aren't really that radically different? Really, in, in most respects, living in the USA has never been safer. You know, don't listen to your crazy neighbor, your crazy coworker, or the crazy uh, whacked out TV show who tells you that you're, you know, you're going to die. Living in is never, but you've never been safer ever. So why are we more scared than ever? And I think when I started thinking about it back to the 1980 thing, 1980 is when technology really started to take off and cable TV was on its way in. You know, MTV and CNN was right around the corner. The days of three channels and some radio stations were not that far in the, in the past at that point. But we're rapidly starting to be faded out. And with every generation and with every decade, the new technology, the new access to information started to wig people out just a little bit more each and every decade. And over the course of two and maybe one and a half to two full generations, the more connectivity we get, the more access to information we get, the more absolutely scared to death we get. And it's creeped on my entire life. And so now the answer is to why is this happening? I believe, is because of social media, just period. Because we can have instant interaction where we have all emotions that disappear. But it's not just social media. It's all the predecessors to that technology. Cable TV, then to the massive expansion of cable television, to the massive amounts of news networks, to the massive amounts of, uh, to, to, to the internet, to the blogs, to the, uh, to, to now into podcasting, and into, you know, radio's still always been there with its with its crazy conspiracy stuff going on too in places. It's it's just as the technology improves, the more connectivity, the more terrified we get because of the more different opinions and crackpots and 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 whatever it is that you're 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 delving yourself into. So this is from the Chattanooga Times Free Press, Kay Hismowitz, I think is her name. From a couple weeks ago, it's our polarized nation, social media, not the sole cause of cultural schism, but it's a prime contributor. We don't just vote for different people. We think the other guy belongs in the lower reaches of hell. Even when those define themselves as independence, they seem to hate each other, too. A close look at recent American habits suggests that we already are well on the road to extreme red-blue polarization before Facebook and Twitter came into our lives. In fact, researchers have been watching America grow more divided since the late 1980s. It's a long uh, article. I'm only going to read parts of it. If cable news and talk radio amplified an already existing red and blue division in class, culture, and geography, social media turned those divisions into a tribal cold war. 
Social media dehumanizes personal interactions, taking them out of the dining room, the neighborhood, store, and workplace and into a nowhere we call cyberspace. In real life, you may hate the contents of the political sign on Mr. Jones' lawn, but you know he runs a pretty good hardware store and he sweeps his sidewalk every Sunday. Likewise, you may give a thumbs up to the bumper sticker on Mrs. Smith's car, but you know she's a careless driver who barely managed a sorry when she almost ran into you. Mr. Jones and Mrs. Smith, in other words, are embodied human beings who arouse a complex set of, inter- of reactions. But in cyberspace, where we lack the body language, facial expressions, voice inflections, and other cues that we use to get a read on someone, it's easy to reduce people to a caricature. It comes right down to Mr. Trump supporter or Miss Progressive. That's all we know, and that's all we need to know. And uh, that whole piece was good. If you want to go search it out, Times Free Press, Our Polarized Nation. I just wasn't going to read the whole thing. I just highlighted the parts I thought that were the most important. And it's because of the connectivity where more and more people have an opportunity to form an opinion. This is a, a memo I wrote to myself. Here's I Actually, I'm going to break in here. Hold on. Okay, wow. CNN. Again, I know this is not normal for how a podcast should work. CNN has projected that Doug Jones is going to be elected Democrat to the U.S. Senate in Alabama. That is what CNN is projecting right now at 1030 on Tuesday, the 12th of December on 2017. I didn't think you had it in you, Alabama. I didn't think you had it in you. You actually did something right for once. Alabama. I need my uh, I need my Forrest Gump sounder. It's not on my uh, my hotkeys page today. So that's I mean, they jump the gun sometimes. On, uh, on some of these news, you know, the cable news networks, but CNN has projected that Doug Jones is the next United States senator uh, from Alabama, which is going to potentially be the first steps towards a uh, evening out of power, if not taking uh, a back some power over the next year into the midterms in 2018 and beyond. If that holds up, which I got every reason to believe that it will because it is being projected as officially Doug Jones is a winner. Wow. That was, uh, that's pretty uh, cool or whatever. I don't know. So to just finish up my thoughts here on where I was at, again, I apologize. If you go back to the 80s and the 90s and even the early 2000s, you didn't have so much availability to information. Whether it was good information or not is not the point. You didn't have as much availability to it. And it wasn't, it wasn't just all right there. So a 14-year-old kid didn't have access to some bizarro world link or app that he could just start playing around on. A 20-year-old didn't get up and read the paper the next day. A 25-year-old didn't necessarily watch the local news. Might have caught something here and there, but didn't make it a point to see what the the headlines were. So you had had this generational gap and difference of where uh, men and women and kids and children and boys and girls, how they did or didn't interact. Now that everybody's got one of these damn computers in their hand, all you get is nonstop information, headlines, and a lot of damn fake-ass news. And an opinion that is all right there. Snapchat floods it into you, and it's it is a tabloid. The new tabloids is is Snapchat. Uh, Twitter can be that too. Facebook can be that too, if that's what you want it to be. We have more people at a much younger age who are starting to get into gathering of information, whether it be good or bad or or bad. And that was that's the big turning point. Opinions are starting earlier. Hatred is building earlier and hotter and faster. And I think that is why we've gotten to where we hate each other. Grandma and 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 you know teenager can argue about the same things because they're all looking at the same things. 
And what do you do about that? You get used to it. <laughs> you get used to it. There isn't anything you can do about it. It's only going to get more. We're going to be wearing our technology. We already are wearing it, some of it. Watches and your little headsets and things. It's going to get more and more. And uh, and, you know, and and that's and there's a lot of really great things about that. But I don't I don't know. It's it's wild. Will we ever get back to being civil again? Probably not. Probably not. Why? Because we have freedom, and we have the freedom to hate each other. And we have freedom to believe what we want to believe. I'm staunch in my beliefs. I try. I try not to, you know, stuff them down anybody's throat. If you want to have a conversation, I'm totally down. But it's probably not going to get better. It's it's probably not going to get worse before it gets better. It's probably just going to get worse. And you le- you learn to deal with it, and you learn to cool your jets. You learn to to to, to not overreact to things. If even if uh, Roy Moore were to win this thing tonight, that wouldn't be some major major awful thing in the history of the world. I'm really happy he didn't. But you know, I mean, we've got we got worse things going on around here. So anyway, I'm gonna put the wraps on things. I'm sorry I got really distracted by that. Um, I was again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I was gonna wait till this was over, but I just I didn't have the time to do that. And I've got a super early sales meeting to get to in the morning. So I'm gonna put the wraps on the show. This is the Stone on Air podcast, the most listened to, the most downloaded, the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Like, share, and always love. Rate and review, especially if you're on iTunes. Click over there and put a review. Tell me I suck. Tell me I'm awesome. Tell me you hate me. Tell me you love me. (laughs) That's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. Foster the people on the way out. Hashtag white lies matter. Black lies matter. All lies matter. The truth is easy to remember and continue as we close 2017 and get to 2018 to watch this space. See you on the radio. See you later. Bye.